0: You're listening to Token Talks, brought to you by Wing Venture Capital. I'm your host, Zach DeWitt.
1: With DYDX, you can borrow from anybody, anywhere. You can use any decentralized exchange order book. Um, So you can kind of share liquidity across a bunch of different exchanges. So we do think that there are kind of a lot of fundamental advantages to building these types of protocols in a decentralized way. So in probably five to 10 years, I'd like to see us take over most of the derivative and margin trading volume for cryptocurrency.
0: Today, we are joined by Antonio Juliano, founder and CEO of DYDX. Recently backed by A16Z Crypto, DYDX is building open source protocols for decentralized margin trading and derivatives. Having recently launched, with DYDX, you can short assets to profit on price decreases, trade with leverage to multiply gains, and earn interest on long positions through trustless loans. DYDX is building an important layer in a decentralized financial stack, especially given that the traditional derivatives market is order of magnitudes larger than traditional equity markets. Antonio, please introduce yourself.
1: Hey, this is Antonio. I'm the founder of the DYDX protocol. Thanks for having me on.
0: Excited to chat today. So, Antonio, what were you doing prior to founding DYDX?
1: So before DYDX, um, I was originally a, a CS student at Princeton, graduated in 2015. Then I went to work at Coinbase after that as a software engineer on their payments team. I was there for a little over a year, then left to go work at Uber, where I was for like six months before leaving to start my own thing. And actually, the first thing I started was not DYDX. It was a search engine for decentralized apps that I called Waypoint. So I was working on that full time for like three or four months and nobody was using it. And kind of the main problem there was nobody was building any decentralized apps. So there was nothing to search for. So it's just clearly way too early in the market. And that's what really got me um, to thinking that I needed to build something that's actually useful in the market right now. And that kind of naturally led me to derivatives. Um, And DYDX is a protocol for decentralized derivatives. And most people are just using cryptocurrency to trade and speculate right now. Um, So I think that the most interesting use cases for decentralized apps will be mostly in the the finance space. Um, And I think decentralized derivatives and financial products are kind of a natural fit for the first kind of actually useful things you'll see built on blockchains.
0: I totally agree that the main use case right now for crypto is trade and speculation. So, and that will continue uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, so, Antonio, so you were Princeton undergrad. How did you get into crypto? Where, where did the interest come from?
1: I was much different than most people that worked at Coinbase in that I didn't know anything about cryptocurrency before I worked there. Most people that worked at Coinbase were like super into Bitcoin, and that naturally led them to go work at Coinbase. So, I just kind of applied to Coinbase as one of the like 40 places I applied to senior year of college. Um, And one really unique thing about Coinbase's hiring process is they do a week-long work trial where they basically flew me out to San Francisco for a week, um, and I worked there with all the people. Um, And I just really liked everybody that was working there. There are a ton of really, really excellent people um, that work there. You know, people have gone on to start really excellent things like uh, Linda at Scaler, like Olaf, Fred, Brian, and just like being able to interact with all those people was really exciting. And they were all super excited about this Bitcoin thing. I didn't know anything about it, but I just really wanted to work with these people, so I just decided to accept their offer. And then having worked at Coinbase, there's no, like people talk about Bitcoin literally all the time, so it's impossible not to get excited about it. So that's when I really got into the space.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about DYDX. So love to hear your explanation of DYDX and, and what problem you're solving.
1: DYDX is a protocol for decentralized financial derivatives and margin trading, The first thing that we're building is a margin trading protocol, which lets you go short or get leverage on any cryptocurrency, for now Ethereum-based cryptocurrency, um, without trusting anybody that you're trading with. So basically, our protocol uses smart contracts built on the Ethereum blockchain to basically remove counterparty risk. So you'll just basically be trading with our smart contracts in a peer-to-peer way. Um, So that's basically what DYDX is. Kind of the first main use case that we're focusing on um, is this thing that we call margin tokens. And what margin tokens are is a way to represent a short or leveraged position as a fungible, regular ERC-20 token. So that's just like a standard cryptocurrency. So for example, we could create the short Ethereum token. And kind of the easiest way to think about it is whenever Ethereum goes up by a dollar, short Ethereum goes down by a dollar and vice versa. So it basically just makes the whole process of margin trading much, much simpler. And basically now going short is as easy as buying an ERC-20 token which you can do through some products that we're making or any exchange that supports our margin tokens.
0: Yeah. So let's talk more about the margin token. So that's a really interesting innovation. Um, how are the margin tokens created? Are they created by uh, the DYDX team? Are they created by individual users? What's the incentive to create them? You know, how, how does everyone interact with them?
1: So anybody can use our protocol to create any type of margin token on any asset that they want to. Once each token is created, Then anybody can come along and basically mint or close the tokens by basically adding on to the short or leveraged positions that back the tokens. So the reason each margin token has value is that each margin token is backed by a margin position. Um, So behind like the short Ethereum token, there will be a really big short position. And anybody can come along and mint new short Ethereum tokens by basically adding on to the short position that's backing the token.
0: So Antonio, so your background is in computer science, obviously very technical. Where did the interest in finance come from? Where where did you know the deep understanding in the derivatives business come from, um, or is it has you just learned it as you've gone along here?
1: Yeah, it's definitely something that I'm coming at much more from the tech side of things rather than the finance side of things. So I've been learning a ton about finance in general and specifically derivatives and margin trading as I've gone along. As I mentioned before, kind of I first started by making a search engine and that didn't really work. So kind of reassessed and and thought that derivatives and these types of financial products would be a really useful thing to build. The way I kind of went about learning things is a lot of my friends from Princeton went on to actually work in finance. So just talking to a lot of those types of people who many of them are derivatives traders themselves, reading a lot online. Actually, like the more complicated thing about financial derivatives is not how they work, like how an option works or how a short sell works, like really isn't actually that complicated at a technical level. The more complicated thing is understanding how traders think about them and how traders trade them. So that's something I'm definitely still working on. But I thought that just kind of building these types of financial primitives would be something that's super valuable in the market right now.
0: No, I totally agree. So let's walk through how someone would use this. Um, you know, If I want to short Ethereum or I want to short one of the ERC-20 tokens, how would I do that?
1: So the easiest way to short or get leverage on ERC-20 tokens with our protocol is basically to just buy or sell the margin tokens. Um, so there are a number of exchanges that are going to be supporting the margin tokens um, to start with, including Radar Relay, which is one of the relayers built on top of the 0x protocol. We also have our end user facing product, which is called Expo. Um, And Expo is a decentralized app, which basically acts as kind of like a brokerage for short and leverage long tokens, just like a really simple user interface where you can go to see the types of margin tokens you can buy, and then also buy with your user controlled wallet, such as MetaMask. So those are probably the easiest ways you could get your hands on the margin tokens.
0: So if I short Ethereum, for example, on the DYDX protocol, and the price of Ethereum rips and goes up by 5x in five months, uh, what happens? Is there a margin call? Is there an interest I have to pay?
1: Yeah, so your maximum losses are basically capped on the DYDX protocol, but if the price does move against your position, so like if you're short and the price of Ethereum goes up a lot then we do have a margin calling mechanism, which will basically uh, margin call your position. And then we have this automated closing mechanism, which will come and close your position for you if the price is moving against you. So you're kind of, your maximum losses are capped, but yeah, if the price moves against your position, then you're going to lose money.
0: Yeah. So I'd love to hear more about why, why and how the maximum losses are capped. Is that something that is done traditionally in derivative products, or is this a part of the just incentive design around DYDX?
1: Yeah, it's more due to how DYDX is actually designed. Um, And the way our protocol works at a very high level is that we have smart contracts that run on the Ethereum blockchain. And in Ethereum, smart contracts can literally own money or literally hold funds. So basically, in positions on the DYDX protocol, collateral is locked in escrow for the duration of the position. So kind of the maximum amount you can lose is like the whole collateral that you put up. Um, So that's basically why your losses are capped when you margin trade on DYDX.
0: That's really interesting. I would imagine the cap uh, is actually an incentive to use the platform, right? I think that's quite interesting if you know your losses are capped.
1: Yeah, it's definitely good for traders. It makes it a little bit riskier to lend on DYDX because um, you're not guaranteed to get paid back. It's still like lending on DYDX is very safe because the positions are fully over collateralized. And we do have automated closing mechanisms that will pay the lenders back, but it does make for like a slightly riskier loan, but also like a slightly less risky margin trade.
0: So how many protocols can I go levered long or short using DYDX?
1: So you can do it on any, for now, uh, ERC-20 token. So basically any ERC-20 token that's uh, supported on Ethereum, you can go short or get leverage on it. The two caveats there are in order for our protocol to work, we need two things. We need lending liquidity on the asset that you're trying to short. Um, Cause like if you're shorting something, you need to borrow it from somebody else. And then the second thing we need is spot liquidity. So like buy and sell liquidity. So basically what happens when you're shorting on DYDX is say you're shorting Ethereum, you're like borrowing Ethereum from somebody else, and then you're selling it on the spot market. Um, so for a lot of these other kind of more random ERC-20 tokens, oftentimes they don't have like liquid lending or spot markets, but it's something that we're definitely trying to promote and trying to add more assets over time.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like there's multiple ways to interact with DYDX, right? There's a simple way of just investing in one of the margin tokens, which is, you know, for example, a short ETH token. And it is obviously the, the ability to create these new smart contracts and be a lender to the DYDX platform. So you'll, ha- you'll have different types of, of users and different levels of sophistication.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So how does DYDX make money? What's the business model?
1: So right now, um, we don't have a token built into the underlying protocol. Um, This is something we're considering for the future. Kind of my thesis on tokens is that they're not something that you need to rush into. And it's worth thinking pretty deeply, first of all, if your protocol actually needs a token. And then if it does, what the best way is to add in the token in your protocol Um, So we are working on a lot of future protocols. DYDX is not just a margin trading protocol. We think of ourselves as a protocol for all types of financial derivatives. Um, So some things that we're working on for the future are an options protocol or other protocols that kind of sit on top of the options or margin trading protocol. And a lot of these protocols in our current design do have a strong need for a token. So it's possible we could do one and kind of capture value at the protocol level in the future. Other ways we could kind of capture value are through our end-user-facing products that are built on top of the protocol. A really good example of this is in addition to our margin trading protocol, we just launched a end-user-facing application called Expo, um, which I mentioned before, but which is basically just a a really easy way to interact with the protocol. Right now, that application doesn't charge fees, but if a lot of people are using it in the future, that could be a good way for us to kind of capture value in the more just like making dollar sense.
0: That's really interesting in terms of being thoughtful and patient around a token. We had Nadal from Dharma on as well, and he had the same answer. So it's it's good to see that. What's your plans for adding future tokens and products outside of the ERC-20 universe to DYDX? And will you be able to have a derivatives platform for your other asset-backed tokens?
1: Yeah, so right now, kind of the easiest thing to do is just support ERC-20 tokens. Likely how I think we'll evolve to support cross-chain-based assets is likely through other assets being tokenized on Ethereum. Um, this is very similar to, I think, the way a lot of other decentralized exchanges are thinking about it. Um, like Will from 0x talks a lot about this, or, or other things like that. But likely, if you could imagine you have like the Bitcoin token on Ethereum, or if there are other kind of cross chain ways that you could support other cross chain assets. Um, DYDX will only be a protocol for trading cryptocurrencies. Um, That said, a lot of people are getting really into kind of the, the asset backed tokens that you mentioned, which can tokenize a lot of real world assets on the blockchain. So, that could be the way that you can kind of use DYDX to get like short or leveraged or derivative exposure to assets that aren't really crypto native.
0: Are there plans to support other tokens on different blockchains, for example, EOS or Definity or Algorand? As other, other smart contract platforms come to market, do you plan to support them or what's the protocol there?
1: So we're definitely pretty committed to Ethereum right now. It's far and away the best development experience in terms of building smart contracts. A lot of the other blockchains kind of make trade-offs that are oftentimes unacceptable, especially when you need a level of decentralization um, for financial products. Um, Like some of these other blockchains you mentioned, such as EOS, basically trade decentralization for scalability. And that's totally fine for a lot of decentralized applications. Like if you're building like CryptoKitties or something, it's probably fine that like your CryptoKitty isn't the most decentralized thing in the world. But when you're making these really big uh, derivative trades, um, it is important that your trade is decentralized and that kind of nobody can come and mess with it. All of that said, we are definitely open to moving to other blockchains in the future. But I think Ethereum is far and away the best kind of environment to build smart contracts right now.
0: How do you think about other interfaces being built on top? You talked about Expo. Do you think there'll be other companies that will build on interfaces on top of the DYDX protocol? Are you encouraging that? Are you trying to box them out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We definitely encourage it. Um, One of the really interesting things about the tokenized positions and the margin tokens is that they're just regular ERC-20 tokens. So you can trade them anywhere you trade ERC-20 tokens. Um, It's really easy for exchanges to add incrementally new ERC-20 tokens. So it's super simple for any exchange to add margin trading via just adding trading for our margin tokens. Um, And this is something we're actually doing a lot of work with both decentralized and centralized exchanges. Um, And the centralized exchange piece, I think, is really interesting because centralized exchanges right now just have like 10,000x the volume of any decentralized exchange. And it's kind of similar to like very much how, say, Bitcoin is decentralized, but you can trade it on a centralized exchange our margin tokens are decentralized, but you can still trade them on a centralized exchange because they're just regular standard tokens. So we kind of make the integration process just literally as simple as adding an ERC-20 token. So it's really easy for a lot of these exchanges to add margin trading um, by just adding our tokens.
0: Who do you think your initial users will be? Will they be crypto hedge funds? Will they be institutional traders? Will they be
1: retail investors? So I kind of think about this as a spectrum from pure retail customers to real institutional, like traditional fund customers. Um, We're kind of focusing on the smaller crypto hedge funds to start, as well as more sophisticated individual traders. Um, We think that those types of people are the ones that will take these more advanced financial positions, such as going short or getting leverage. And then especially once we start moving to things like options or other types of derivatives in the future, those are mostly traded by even more sophisticated traders or just institutions. So likely we'll move towards like on the spectrum towards the more institutional over time. But to start with, um, we're trying to make the margin trading process super simple and it's going to be open to everyone.
0: So what are the near-term priorities for DYDX?
1: I guess just launching Expo. We are just about to launch now. And then basically adding more assets to Expo over time. So we just launched with just the short Ethereum token, but we want to add like leveraged Ethereum, like short and leveraged tokens for other assets onto Expo in the future. And then longer term, as I've been mentioning, just kind of moving to other types of financial products such as options.
0: And what is the big vision for DYDX? Fast forward five, 10
1: years. So yeah, DYDX, like I mentioned, is a protocol for all types of decentralized financial derivatives and margin trading. Um, So we want to be the protocol on which people trade the vast majority of derivatives on cryptocurrency. Um, right now, there are a number of centralized exchanges that do offer derivative type products, um, like even like big traditional players such as CBOE or like CME have started to offer Bitcoin futures. Um, there's this exchange called LedgerX, which basically supports options on Bitcoin right now. Um, so, in about five to ten years, we definitely want to start challenging those types of more traditional centralized players. Um, We do think that there are a ton of advantages to trading derivatives and financial products on a decentralized protocol. Like, it's totally global. You can trade with anyone worldwide. It's very secure. You're in control of your funds the whole time. Uh, You can share liquidity across platforms. Like, for example, on margin trading... Poloniex currently supports margin trading, but you can only borrow from people that are on Poloniex, or you can only like spot trade on their like spot order book on Poloniex. With DYDX, you can borrow from anybody anywhere. You can use any decentralized exchange order book. um, So you can kind of share liquidity across a bunch of different exchanges. So we do think that there are kind of a lot of fundamental advantages to building these types of protocols in a decentralized way. So in probably five to 10 years, I'd like to see us take over most of the derivative and margin trading volume for cryptocurrency.
0: Yeah, so that leads to the next question. How how big of a market is this?
1: Derivatives are far and away the most massive market in the world. Like derivatives have a total notional value of like over a quadrillion dollars, which is like way more than all the money that exists in the world. You normally see the derivatives market um, being about 10x bigger than the spot trading market. Right now, the spot trading market for cryptocurrencies is uh, changes a lot, but I don't know somewhere in the billions. Um, so you would expect the the derivatives market on top to be in the range of the tens of billions, but it's not. Like nobody's really doing like derivatives and margin trading in a big way on cryptocurrency. So we think that this is a really massive and unrealized market, and that's something we're really excited to go and build and tackle.
0: So who are your competitors? Or ask differently, what are the alternative ways to go levered long or short crypto today?
1: Yeah, so I just mentioned a few of them, but uh, kind of the centralized exchanges that offer margin trading like uh, Poloniex or you can use BitMEX to kind of go short or get leverage on cryptocurrency right now. So those are kind of like the biggest like centralized competitors. There are like a number of other decentralized protocols which are trying to do something basically similar to us. Um, So those are probably like the two biggest classes of competitors. And then kind of like farther into the future are more traditional exchanges such as like CBOE or CME. So those types of people are are people that we see as competitors, but much more for the longer term.
0: And with those alternative options today to go short crypto, could you short an ERC-20 token or are they just allowing you to short the big ones, Bitcoin and Ethereum?
1: So they're mostly focused on the big ones for now, um, especially the more traditional exchanges. Um, I think Poloniex does offer like a bunch of different tokens you can margin trade on. But yeah, I think you can do like a a bunch of different ERC-20 tokens, though likely it'll be a lot easier to add new ERC-20 tokens on an open protocol like DYDX as compared to kind of what's offered on the centralized exchanges today.
0: What are the biggest risks to DYDX not working?
1: So there are a couple of different risks Um, right now, just... Writing smart contracts is really, really hard, and smart contracts need to be super secure. This is something we take very seriously at DYDX. We've been building our smart contracts and our protocol for over a year now. We've gotten multiple independent security audits. Um, we have like a rigorous testing suite, but there's always kind of a risk that with especially very sophisticated smart contracts, such as ours, that there is a security vulnerability. Um, This is something that we'll get more comfortable with over time as the contracts get more battle tested. But there's always a risk when you use smart contracts that there is some security vulnerability, which is if you have a security vulnerability in Ethereum, it's usually unrecoverable. Um, So that's probably the biggest risk. There's also the risks of building liquidity on our platform. Um, So as you mentioned, we do need a bunch of different types of participants, um, such as for margin trading, you need like lenders, you need market makers, you need people to basically do spot trading. Um, So kind of building up liquidity on the platform is always a challenge, but that's something we've been doing a ton of work with. Um, We're working with a couple different market makers, um, a bunch of lending liquidity providers to basically ensure that there's liquidity for people to trade on top of DYDX. Um, So I'd say that those are the two biggest risks for now.
0: Tell us a little bit more about your fundraising, past fundraising, and future plans.
1: So, we raised a seed round in November um, from Polychain and Driesen Horowitz um, and have a number of really excellent follow on angel investors, um, such as Brian Armstrong and Fred Ersam from Coinbase. Um, really helpful people like Alad Gill, Avichal Garg, Steve Jang, really like top notch angel investors in Silicon Valley. Um, so, we just did a regular equity fundraising. Um, And that's something that's allowed us to basically have a lot of flexibility in how we're thinking about capturing value in the future. Um, And all of our investors are very long-term aligned, which is something I think will be super helpful for DYDX in the future.
0: How can our listeners follow the progress of DYDX?
1: Yeah, so you can keep track on our website, dydx.exchange, or our new Expo app, expotrading.com. I'd recommend just subscribing to our Medium posts or just um, checking out expotrading.com if you want to actually interact with the protocol.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the crypto ecosystem right now. So what are some important trends you're observing in the crypto ecosystem?
1: Something I've been thinking for a while is that the most interesting early applications will be financial applications built on top of blockchain. Like blockchain basically started with Bitcoin, which is basically just money built on top of a blockchain. And then you see things like decentralized exchanges such as 0 um, starting to come out and actually seeing real usage. You see lending protocols like Dharma or Compound just coming out. Um, you see derivative protocols like DYDX coming out. So I think we're kind of building out this whole financial stack on top of blockchain. So that's the thing I'm probably most excited about right now. There's also a lot of work going into the underlying base blockchains and improving things like scalability or privacy. Um, so I'm also excited about things like Definity or Zcash improving the scalability or privacy of underlying blockchains. And then kind of once those underlying blockchains improve, you'll kind of see the benefits in like the real end user facing applications built on top.
0: So fast forward to 2025, what are some of the differences about the global financial system than today?
1: I think by 2025, uh, you'll see a lot of these uh, blockchain based protocols really having adoption in a big way and starting to disrupt like the centralized trading paradigms that have uh, really been the way that most people trade in the market right now. Um, I think you'll kind of see a much more transparent, much more global market. That's actually something a lot of people don't realize about the financial markets is how kind of segmented by region they are. Like if you want to trade derivatives on like American stocks, you have to be like in America. Um, Whereas like on a blockchain, Ethereum doesn't care where in the world you are. So it really opens up a lot of new opportunities um, for everyone to have access to kind of a base level of uh, financial primitives. Um, so that's, I think, the thing you'll see is that kind of more people just starting to get access to these financial protocols um, and just having like a lot more transparency, security um, and liquidity in the markets.
0: Yeah. To that point about being not being able to trade um, American derivatives, if you're not an American citizen or, or based in America, you know, how, how do you think about the regulatory environment for a protocol like DYDX? And have, do you have any insights um, into how this may be regulated, if at all, as a global protocol?
1: Yeah, so it's definitely complicated. A lot of the laws, especially around finance, um, were really built for finance 1.0, as you might say. Like uh, the CFTC, which is the regulatory body in the U.S. that regulates derivatives, mostly just regulates commodity derivatives. So derivatives on things like corn or like wheat or something like that. And a lot of those laws are then trying to be interpreted and used towards derivatives on things like Bitcoin. And it's just fundamentally different. So that's probably the hardest part is that these laws were just kind of written for a world um, in which these kind of uh, trading primitives and, and blockchain didn't exist. That said, so we are based in the U.S. Um, We're uh, just kind of like a regular Delaware C-Corp. We're actively engaging with the CFTC. We're working with some of the best legal counsel to basically figure out how we can build something like DYDX in a compliant way in the U.S. That said, something like DYDX and blockchain protocols in general are global, and we want them to be globally accessible to everyone. Um, It's just rather complicated because kind of every jurisdiction has its own rules, But we are trying to build this in a compliant way, especially coming from Coinbase. That's something that Coinbase did really early on and I think paid off for them in a big way. Um, It also makes a lot of sense for us because the types of people who usually trade derivatives are more institutions who care a lot more about like trading on a regulated compliant exchange. Um, So we definitely take like regulatory compliance very seriously, but we are also optimistic that kind of a lot of the, the backing laws will be updated to kind of make sense for this new decentralized world.
0: It's interesting. I've spent a lot of time going back and forth between Silicon Valley, Bay Area, and and New York. And you see different types of people thinking about the crypto ecosystem. So in Silicon Valley, you see a lot of technically minded developers building interesting projects. And from the East Coast of New York, you see a lot of people with deep financial backgrounds and experiences, you know, thinking about it in a slightly different way. Do you think about that at all? Kind of the clash between uh, Silicon Valley and, and Wall Street here as they both try to develop different protocols for crypto and how that may play out for something like DYDX is... As you know, the more institutional investors or banks uh, try to create crypto derivative platforms?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It definitely is kind of a big clash of worlds with like the East Coast like finance versus the West Coast tech. Um, As I mentioned before, we're definitely coming at this at DYDX much more from the tech side, um, but are trying to do a lot of learning on how financial people think about derivatives and margin trading. Um, So we are like actively engaging with a a ton of crypto hedge funds, even traditional hedge funds to kind of understand how they want to use something like DYDX. Um, So I definitely think there kind of needs to be a merging of these worlds between like tech and finance. And I think we're really starting to see that happen in a big way now, um, especially once some of these decentralized protocols start seeing more adoption. I think a lot of the people in the financial world will kind of really quickly realize how they can use some of this technology to profit, and profit is a really big motivator. Like If you can profit more on a margin trade on DYDX than you can on like a centralized exchange, you're probably going to do that. Um, so I think you kind of see like a lot of these economic incentives really drive people towards a lot of this new technology.
0: So looking at the crypto space today, what are some of the earlier stage projects you're personally more excited about?
1: So I'm really excited about uh, this financial stack I've mentioned a few times. So kind of things like 0x, uh, um, which is like a decentralized exchange built on top of Ethereum, things like lending, like Dharma. And then also I mentioned kind of like the more base blockchains. But for now, yeah, I'm really excited about like kind of this financial stack of applications. i really starting to come out and see adoption in a big way.
0: Antonio, what mix of crypto assets do you own personally?
1: So I'm not too fancy. I mostly just own Bitcoin and Ethereum. I think I bought into the ZRX token sale because I really like them a lot. Uh, I think I bought into like the Tezos token sale, but that's pretty much it. I think I still have my Bitcoin cash from the fork and then have a little bit of Litecoin too, because actually uh, Charlie Lee was my manager at Coinbase. (laughs) So I'm a big fan of, of Litecoin and what they're doing there too.
0: Oh, that's awesome to hear. And final questions we should ask our guests. So the crypto market is has $200 billion market cap today. What valuation do you think will end the year?
1: So first of all, I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking <laughs> about here. When like Ethereum was at $10, I had always been telling my friends to kind of go and buy Ethereum like it's so undervalued, like it'll go up a lot. And then Ethereum started like going up a lot to like $50. And then all my friends asked me if they should buy. And I was like, nah, just wait, it'll go back down. (laughs) And then it went up to like $1,300. So I, I really have no idea what I'm talking about. We've definitely seen, obviously, kind of like a really big bear market take hold. I think that these types of bear markets likely take or last a lot longer than people think. This is something I really saw, like when I got into the space in 2015, Bitcoin was kind of at like 200-ish dollars and kind of just generally had been going down for a really long time. So I think that that's something we may see in cryptocurrencies right now. But I think that the people that are really building in the space are really excited about like the underlying technology and what's being built and kind of what's possible with these new financial primitives that you just fundamentally couldn't build before.
0: Yeah. What else do you think is required in the financial primitive stack in crypto? I mean, if, for, if you want to have increased the both liquidity and interest in trading derivatives, there needs to be more uh, investor tools, investor sophistication, uh, you know, better ways to form an opinion on where the market's heading. How do you think about what's missing from that stack and what are you encouraging people to build and think about?
1: Yeah, so I think that there are a lot of different people building a lot of different parts of the financial stack right now in the development process for all of the different ones is in like very different states. So like zero X, which is kind of spot trading is already live and seeing some adoption. Dharma, which does lending is like already live and seeing like a little bit of adoption. Us at DYDX are going to be live soon. So you'll kind of see like margin trading, and then we're going to be working on derivatives like options in the future. So I think you'll see like all these different levels of the financial stack being built out gradually. I do want to caveat it and say that kind of building on Ethereum and building these types of decentralized apps is really, really difficult right now. The developer experience for building uh, decentralized apps is not even close to kind of the developer experience for building more traditional centralized apps. So it does take a really long time to build these types of protocols. But I am really excited for kind of what's possible in the future. A lot of the user experiences and, and UIs on top of decentralized apps need a lot of work, Um, So things like you have to use like MetaMask, which is like decent, but kind of breaks a lot of the time right now. I want to see like more development, like in wallets. Um, We need to see like more like standard UI patterns used across different decentralized apps. But these are the types of things that we'll see evolve over time. So I'm really excited about kind of what's possible in the future.
0: And Antonio, to that point, who are you thinking about hiring? Obviously, more engineers. Are you also thinking about hiring people with deep financial experience? How do you combine the two worlds there, two experiences?
1: Yeah, like a really important part of what we're doing is trying to build liquidity on top of our protocol. Even if our protocol has the best technology, it's not necessarily guaranteed to win. The protocol that will win is the one that builds the most liquidity the fastest. Like having good tech like definitely helps. But building liquidity um, is super important for us. So we're definitely like also looking to hire for more BD roles in the future. So doing things like interfacing with lenders, like getting more market makers to build on top of the protocol, getting our margin tokens listed on exchanges. So absolutely, that's a really good point and something we're definitely looking for as well.
0: The key takeaways from today's episode are one, Antonio believes the most interesting area in crypto is the financial stack that is currently being built out. Two, DYDX has recently launched a margin trading protocol with the ability to short assets and go levered long. And three, DYDX has future plans to launch an options protocol to write, buy, or trade options on any token. Thank you for listening to the show. We're trying to make the crypto ecosystem more mainstream and welcoming, so if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review in iTunes and share this with one person you know who is trying to learn more about crypto technology. You can reach me on Twitter at Zachary DeWitt or email me at Zach at wing.bc.